listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and on today's episode, we have a wonderful and talented guest by the name of T.G. Vanini, and he's a violinist and a songwriter, and he's got a new album out, and I'm really looking forward to getting to all of that. T.G., welcome to The Rick Z Show. Well, thank you, Rick. It's really nice to meet you and talk with you. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. We've never been formally introduced until today, so it's really great to have you on the show. I like having guests that I don't know. You know, there's something interesting about it. I have guests on this show that I know well, people that I've worked with, people that I've heard their music. I do a lot of research in terms of listening to music and kind of finding out what somebody's all about before the show to you know, obviously make it more interesting. And I really enjoyed listening to your music this week, mm. so really anticipate a fun show but let's start with what I think is your main instrument you can correct me if I'm wrong the violin would you would you consider that your main instrument well um, it was for many years of my life but now I would maybe call my voice my main instrument mm-hmm. because uh, I love playing the fiddle and I do it all the time but my songs express my heart I play the piano also but uh, just to accompany the songs I noticed you played piano you played on some of the albums that I've heard and you're you know a very good musician whether it's violin or piano but violin seems like such an interesting instrument you know you know people play guitar or they play piano when they're songwriters because that's an accompanying instrument but how'd you get into the violin did you play it as a child I did yes I am both my mother and my grandmother played the violin and I started on piano lessons when I was five, but I uh, apparently, I don't remember this, but at six I demanded to learn the violin. Wow. So I did. So I've been playing since I was six. I purely classical music as a child. During my teenage rebellion, I gave it up, but I took it up again in college and I discovered folk music. In some ways, I've never been as good technically as I was when I was 12. In other ways, I think I play a little better. Well, a lot of people that play violin, they're either coming from a classical genre or a jazz genre, or I guess a folk genre. I mean, what kind of violin would you categorize your playing as? Well, these days I'm more of a folk fiddler. As I said, I I grew up and trained as a classical, but uh, now my chops are more in folk. And uh, I love uh, accompanying um, singer-songwriters, for example. I love being in bands and improvising that way. And uh, I'm uh, definitely a a Celtic fiddler at heart. Celtic. So, I mean, that's technically, that is folk music, right? Absolutely, yes. Well, I would love it if you would demonstrate for our audience maybe a bit of what you sound like on violin. Oh, sure. I noticed you brought it with you. I'll just grab it. Yes, well, perhaps you'd like to hear one of my own instrumental tunes. In fact, let me do a very brief medley of a couple of them. The second one's called Toots, and the first one is called Waiting for the Plumber, because that's what I was doing when I wrote it. Thank you. 
beautifully uh, i'll tell you i have to admit it doesn't sound like a song that has the word plumber in it but <laughs> in, to my ears but but a song can be anything and that's just great you know violin is such an interesting instrument to me i mean there's the fiddle side of things and the violin side of things what's the difference really is it, is it just the kind of music you're playing uh, no i don't pay much attention to that some people care but it's a slight difference in attitude maybe when i think of the fiddle i think of country music or or bluegrass music when i think of violin i think of more classical but those are pretty linear terms and here on the rick z show we damn convention so anything goes I really got into um, Irish and Celtic music in particular when I did take up the violin again in college and uh, I lived in Manchester in England where there's a big Irish community and many Irish pubs where I spent many hours learning this stuff you, you know I can hear that Celtic sound in your playing I mean it's very evident and it's, it's obviously an influence I hear it even on your albums when I listen Absolutely. to you playing it, and it's a, it's a great sound. Where were you born, TJ? Ah, well, since you ask, I was born in Hong Kong, uh, which at that time was a British colony. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, it's now part of China, but barely. It's been in the news lately. Mm-hmm. But uh, I moved, uh, we moved, I was from an English family. We moved back to England when I was 12, but I spent some of my formative years in Hong Kong. And then you moved, eventually, you moved to Woodstock, New York. That's right. where you live now, right? Right. I mean, that's a long way from home. Was it the, the mystical Woodstock reputation that drew you in? How did you get here? Oh, well, I first came to the U.S. I came to Princeton, New Jersey, for a job because uh, I am a mathematician. That's my daytime gig. And uh, at that time, jobs were few and far between in Britain and Europe, so I took a one-year job in the U.S. That turned into a three-year job. Then uh, a woman entered the picture, and uh, here I still am, that, 40 that, years later. That's what happens. Yes, it's a common story, I know. Well, you're in good company, because I believe Einstein also came from Europe and settled in New Jersey. In so. Princeton, New Jersey. You know, as I was saying earlier... He had rather more pressing reasons to come, well, yes. Well, you, know, <laughs> you know, music is a pressing reason, yes. too, although it was mathematics. And we'll get to that, actually. That's uh, something I want to talk to you about. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit more about one of your albums, because as I listen to music and, and get ready for the show, I come across some really interesting stuff. I came across this album, I think it's from the mid-90s, maybe 96, called Growth and Gravity. Really unique-sounding album. I'm very interested to know what some of your thought processes were when writing these songs, because I noticed a lot of them were spoken word. I mean, you did plenty of singing on it, but there was a lot of spoken word telling of stories. You had violin in there, and it was very well produced. Really enjoyable to listen to, but really unique. I kind of feel like there's a lesson in each of your songs somehow. Almost like a, well, I'll get to some of the mathematical aspects of your songs in a while. Musically speaking, where did this influence come from? I hear a little bit of moody blues, actually, in some of your music. I don't know if you do or not, but I I hear that maybe a little out Stewart 
Uh, yes, very good. Yes, um, that, like that. that's very sharp of you to pick that up. The uh, certainly both of those and um, incredible string band. The Beatles changed everything for me. Uh, also, um, classical music is in there and uh, Celtic music. I do hear all of that stuff in your music. You know, it's funny. Everybody mentions the Beatles. They could be referencing, you know, all classical people or all country music, and the Beatles will come up somehow. You know, their reach is so far. They've just influenced everybody, I guess, in pop music and beyond. Yes, I'm gratified that you said it's well produced, but particularly because um, that's largely due to uh, Benjamin Herndon, who was one of your recent guests. Yes, he was. Uh, that was my first album, and he had great faith in me and uh, took the time and trouble to help me make a nice well, album. Well, I could, I could see why he did, and I think a lot of other people, perhaps some listening, will find the same. I'd love to play something off of Growth and Gravity. Can we do that? Yeah, well, at that time I was... Um, especially at that time, I, I was writing a lot of poetry as well as music, and I was interested in exploring the the boundaries between poetry and song and maybe pushing them a bit and there's one track on the album in particular which does that i used to call it song poetry but labels are just labels Uh, this is uh, called tom tom and twilight blue let's listen hard at his job, but a wild monkey lived in his left ear. Relishing the open road, he went to the Michaelmas fair, carrying only an old painted rope. Tie me up, he cried, and the girls laid down their pennies and bound him with the toughest knots they could muster. Now ask me a riddle, and they asked him their best. He sat still as a sleeping cat for a minute, then faster than breath, he threw off his bonds and reared before them. Bellowing the answer, he was showered with coins and kisses and laughter as he held the perfectly coiled rope in his hands. The grandmother's club sat and clucked from a safe distance. How does he do it? But nobody knew. Then one among the crowd, the laughing twilight blue, stepped forward and gathered the rope from his hand. She twirled around once, her full skirt flowed behind her. She threaded the rope on a sudden breeze. She twirled around twice, fixed her eyes on his eyes. The rope settled gently over his shoulder. Now ask me a riddle. His voice was soft. She pointed a finger. Who are you? He tried to speak. He tried to move. But her eyes held his eyes and the show stopped.
hips on the road to the foothills, he followed, half-willing, a rope's length behind. The dusk brought a place of dry grass and sand. In a cleft in a pine tree, guttered three candles. On a plinth of mossy stone stood a one-handed drum. His heart caught fire. He stumbled and cursed. She twirled around and held the drum aloft. This, she said, is why you were called Tom Tom, and this is why I was called Twilight Blue. The sky darkened to the colour of her eyes. He could no longer see her, except by the rays of the evening star. Then she was gone, and the drum too. So when the man with the rope seeks your welcome, treat him with kindness, bathe him and feed him, but don't let him ask you to answer his riddle or look for his drum. That was just lovely, TG. You're very diverse, and you have a lot of different things going on in your music. You know, there's another guy that I've heard of that lives in Woodstock. His name is Laurie Kirby, and I believe that you know him very well, as he is you. I, so, Yes, he's my closest associate. <laughs> now, TG Vanini is, you know, a moniker that you play music under. Who's Laurie Kirby? Well, Laurie Kirby has lived in Woodstock, New York for more than 30 years now. When he steps on stage, he becomes T.G. Vanini. I love it. But uh, Laurie Kirby, as I said, is me, and my daytime job was for many years uh, as a professor of mathematics. Tell me a little bit about that. Although the show is mostly about music, I know there is a connection between math and music that I want to get to. But what was your vocation like, and why mathematics? Were you always drawn Uh, to that? Yes, I, I had a strong vocation vocation for it as a youth then when I got back into music I had a vocation that way and I had a real struggle between them when I was uh, wondering whether to come to the US I was actually in Paris on a postdoc scholarship which was very small and I was supplementing my income by busking in the metro the Parisian subway I really wanted to be in go on the road with this French folk rock group that I was playing with but uh, I'm glad I took the path of following mathematics because uh, it's given me a nice career and uh, I've really enjoyed aspects of it. Well, it seems like it's influenced your music to one degree or another. I hear references to science and math yes. in your tunes. Uh, for example, on Growth and Gravity, you talk about billions of stars in our galaxy and how it's, we are all one. There seems to be a scientific part of your music but it it goes beyond that there's almost a philosophical nature when where science is concerned where you you talk about we're all one in the universe for example and you you also mention atoms and and uh, molecules and there's all kinds of science in your music is that on purpose or is just this unconscious thing that comes out well it's certainly what comes out of me but what i notice about myself is just uh, saying with song and poetry I like to break down barriers and science and arts. I, I like, again, to probe that boundary. And, uh, I, yes, I love bringing science nature, a lot of animals in, in my songs as well. Well, our producer, Rusty Johnson, is an animal expert, so you're... you're uh, oh, right. Yeah, this is my side hustle. <laughs> this is his side job. I write songs that have a lot of astronomy references I'm a big fan of astronomy. I mean, major fan. Most people get bored listening to me talk, but I have this need to get it out, you know, because I read everything I can get my hands on. In fact, I got I got a, an astronomy shirt on. It's from the eclipse of 2017, 
and I just have a passion for that kind of stuff. And that imagery does filter into my music. I don't know if that happens, you know, consciously, but it happens nonetheless. And I, I figure it's it's similar people that have other interests that filters into their music. And I do think music and math are essentially the same thing anyway. For example, even if you're just listening to the simplest tune, your brain is doing mathematical manipulations so that, so that it can understand what's, what's going on when it just receives this stream of sound coming in your ear. Kind of on an unconscious level, I suppose. Absolutely, yes. Well, it's interesting that you're a violin player then, because that's very mathematical too in a way, and I don't mean just music theory and things like that, but vibrating strings. I suppose a guitar is the same thing, but you're plucking the string instead of manipulating it as you would on a violin. That seems very much like physics and quantum physics to me. Right, and well, the guitar, you cheat because you have frets. Mm -hmm. So uh, in violin, the placing of the fingers is itself a very delicate mathematical operation, right? And the guitar maker's done that job for you. You have a lot of albums. I mean, I know a couple of them. I wish that I could have listened to more in the short time I had to prepare for today's show. Really enjoyed what I heard, but you've got, you know, several other ones. How many albums have you made? The album Growth and Gravity which we mentioned was T.G. Vanini's solo effort. But really, out of bringing that album together, a band coalesced, and we called it The Princes of Serendip. And uh, at that time, it was uh, me and uh, Don Yakulo on piano and Alan Murphy on bass. Tron Julie Parisi Kirby joined us, except at that time she was Julie Parisi because later on she became Julie Parisi Kirby when she married me. And uh, we've been through various configurations, and now the Princess of Serendip is just me and Julie. But anyway, so we have five Princess of Serendip albums in total. Five albums? Yes, and um, two albums ago I realized I had a, uh, a backlog of unrecorded material, and I uh, wanted to put them out in... Instead of, you know, before I'd um, gone for variety within an album and had contrast, I conceived of uh, a series of four different albums with four different moods, uh, sentimental songs and silly songs, and still to come in the pipeline, uh, strange songs and story songs. Uh, and that way people can select the Princes of Serendip album to suit their mood. Rather like really... Um, marketing a, a range of herbal teas, right? In the evening, you might want a nice chamomile tea with your sentimental songs, but uh, and on a car journey, you want, might want something more bracing, like a latte with your uh, silly songs. You got you, something for everybody's mood in your music, essentially. That's right, yes. Eventually, you, we'll take over the whole music industry. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you already got you know music to wait for the plumber by. That's right. <laughs> that's not bad. I'd love to hear something from the Princes of Serendip, one of those earlier albums that you've done. Anything you would suggest? Well, since we mentioned the Sentimental Songs album, let's do the song called Raging Night from that album. Raging Night by T.G. Vanini. <laughs> In the valley where I was born Deep in the middle of the long way home I knew it was my lot to roam Far in the raging night So I signed on board with a roving crew Deep in the middle of the long way home And I soon learned what I had to do Far in the raging night 
For the sea is wild and the sea is grand Deep in the middle of the long way home Those times when there's no sight of land Far in the raging night And all you hear is crash and roar Deep in the middle of the long way home Goodbye to all that went before Far in the raging night Far in the raging night On the ocean in a pitch and roll Deep in the middle of the long way home And the timbers buckle as she takes the swell Far in the raging night Hold on that spar, she's going down Deep in the middle of the long way home Please God, I do not want to drown Far in the raging night Far in the raging night And the cold is raw Deep in the middle of the long way home You struggle for a minute and you can no more Far in the raging night I took my first lung full of brine Deep in the middle of the long way home Then I felt a reaching hand in mine Far in the raging night And it was all that I could try to do Deep in the middle of the long way home Float on your back and breathe the air Deep in the middle of the long way home Together we can make it there Far in the raging night Far in the raging night shore of an unknown town deep in the middle of the long way home and I looked for you but you were gone far in the raging night so in all the trials you go through deep in the middle of the long way home I hope there's someone there for you far in the raging night and whenever I face a rising storm deep in the middle of the long way home That's excellent, TG. There's another album that you made called Yumpa Diddly B. Yumpa Diddly B. I mean, that's a great title. I was intrigued by the title right away. And then when I heard the album, I realized it was about a bee, which is something I have a terrible phobia of. Oh. But it was such a friendly uh, bee, though, that, you know, it could, how could it ever harm you? So I, I wasn't alarmed. But this is a children's album, yes? Well, I don't tend to distinguish between songs for children and for grown-ups. And well, there's another little boundary... I'm trying to smash there. <laughs> it's great to smash that boundary. I have a children's album, quote-unquote, that I just made. It's actually literally on its way to that door over there very soon, and I, I, I've never even seen it. We, it took us so long to design, but it's coming today, ironically. But I don't like calling it a children's album. I call it, I guess, 
comedy music. Kids tend to gravitate toward music like this more than adults sometimes because there's a silliness or a sense of abandon about it, and they like that, and they're not as self-conscious as some adults, but it's for everybody. All, all good music should be for everyone, don't you agree? Yes, and as you said, silliness. Uh, I think um, adults can be silly too, and uh, some people don't like to be silly, and that's all right, then they can buy the Sentimental Songs album. Exactly. You've got something for every mood. I myself like being silly, and I'd love to hear something off this album. This is one of my favorite albums I've heard in quite a while. I'm not just blowing smoke either. I really like this. I think you got something here, and it's also produced very well. Anything you'd suggest that we could hear off it? Well, since we were talking about mathematics, let's do the Fibonacci song. And songs, when they're silly, can be serious as well. In fact, um, there's different degrees of silliness, so this is perhaps only a slightly silly song, but silly enough to be on the album, and it is also a celebration of the Fibonacci numbers. Slightly silly, but mathematical. Here we go. When you do it the Fibonacci way, everything is as bright and clear as day. You can grow to be wise and good and strong when you're singing the Fibonacci song. It begins in a place you always knew. You were born with it, one and one is two. When you do it the Fibonacci way, everything is as bright and as day. Everything is as bright and clear as day. And I do not reveal a mystery when I tell you that one and two is three. It begins in a place you always knew. You were born with it, one and one is two. When you're singing the Fibonacci, Fibonacci song, you can grow to be wise and good and wise and good and strong. Everything is as bright and clear as bright and clear as day When you do it the Fibonacci, Fibonacci way And it makes me feel good to be alive Knowing only that two and three is five And I do not reveal a mystery When I tell you that one and two is three It begins in a place you always knew You were born with it, one and one is two When you do it the Fibonacci way Everything is as bright and clear as day Everything is as bright and clear as day At the hour when day gives way Tonight, take my hand for a while In flight, in the twilight before I too am late Sing me sweetly that three and five is eight And it makes me feel good to be alive Knowing only that two Three is five, and I do not reveal a mystery When I tell you that one and two is three It begins in a place you always knew You were born with it, one and one is two When you do it the Fibonacci way Everything is as bright and clear as day Everything is as bright and clear as day When you're singing the Fibonacci, Fibonacci song you can grow to be wise and good and wise and good and strong Everything is as bright and clear as bright and clear as day When you do it the Fibonacci, Fibonacci way Anyone that is listening, if you like what you hear, there's plenty more like that to come right on that album. There's so many songs on the album. I like, uh, what was it, the, the opening song is like uh, Fly Pie. 
Right, is that that's the name of it? Fly well, that's high. right. Yes, it's the banqueting song of of the spiders and frogs and lizards. It's great. I mean, I could see kids, adults, anyone liking this song. It's just you know what I like about this album, especially. It's very, very smart. It's very well written. I mean, your phrasing and not just that, the music and the playing and the great harmonies. It's just a wonderful piece. Congratulations! You released it this year, I believe. Correct? Just the spring. Yes. And how's it doing? Is it available? Where can people find this album? Well, we have a website, which is princesofserendip.info, and my website is tgvanini.com. Well, go there now and check this stuff out, because it's really good stuff. It's amazing to me that there's so much talent in the Hudson Valley. That's what this show is about, and each week I try to spotlight a new artist. When you came across my desk, it it was a no-brainer. I think this stuff is, is really worth listening to, and I urge anyone... Go out there and get a copy of it. I have mine. Do you play live often? Just locally. And you play with your wife, Julie, correct? That's right. We're, the Princess of Serendip is now the duo of us two. And where do you play? I know Woodstock, back in the day, Woodstock had all these great places, the Joyous Lake and Tinker Street Cafe and all that stuff. Yes. What is it now? You know, Colony Cafe? Is Colony, um, the Harmony has just closed there, which was a nice venue. The Harmony, yes. Um, there are other venues around there, like R&R. And uh, one thing I do every, most Mondays, it happens every Monday. Is uh, there's a Celtic session in Woodstock at R and R, and I'm often to be found there playing. Uh, we don't play only Irish music. We're quite broad-minded. A lot of songs from all over the place, up to including the Beatles and uh, tunes from Scotland and. Uh, Quebec. Your wife has got an extraordinary voice, very beautiful. The two of you sound great together. Her harmonies are so tight. She just instinctually knows what her part is. I can tell just by the way she sings. And it's really just the two of you sound great. How long have you been singing together? Well, uh, I fell in love with her voice before I fell in love with her. We were singing in a project, uh, both in a big band by uh, uh, Esther Francis, who was a songwriter at the time in Woodstock. I invited her to be part of the album, Growth and Gravity. And as I said, out of that album coalesced our band. And she's on pretty much everything that you've done since then. Yes, and she actually has her own solo album in which you might detect me. So you guys are a great team. I'd love to get her on the show sometime. I, I hope that maybe you'll consider coming back sometime and bringing Julie with you and maybe performing some songs live. I mean, that would be a real treat. Sounds good. This is my least favorite part of the show. It's when it ends. Uh, it's only a third. Oh. I know. It's it's a bummer. And it, it, it sneaks up on me every time when I'm enjoying what I'm doing and listening to music that I like. It just flies by and then it's over. So I'd be really miss if I didn't invite you back anytime you want. Uh, it's always a pleasure to listen to you and it's been great talking to you about your career and your music. Love to have you back anytime. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, by the way, what do your friends call you? Laurie. They call you Laurie. Yes, and sometimes they call me Laurie on stage and I have to tell them off. <laughs> oh, well, I took on a pseudonym lightly as a sort of a joke and it stuck and but I didn't think about these moments when the two names clash or the Two worlds they represent clash, but I'm stuck with it now. I like it, though. I like having an alter ego. Yes. And it's freeing in some way. Do you you feel different as T.G. Vanini? As as I do, as Rixie, I feel a little different. It's almost a mask. It's almost a mask. I find that really interesting. I mean, sitting on my couch watching TV, 
I guess I'm Rick's and Auntie, you know, but when I play my music, I'm Rick Z, and I can feel that difference when I play. It's a, a slight persona. I don't think anyone else would notice, but I feel a little different, and I, I think that makes me play differently. I can relate to all of that. Let's go out with one more song. These are just too good not to play. Over the upland brow, I came. I'm a poor and downy girl Young before my time I was only a child that day I found the door and I climbed the tower Then I told you no TG. Thanks for being here and hope to see you again soon. Likewise. You're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z. Produced and engineered every week by Rusty Johnson. Come on back next week and we'll have another talented Hudson Valley musician. We'll see you then. (laughs) 